Hey kids, be sure to listen all the way through to the end for my weekly movie pick and review. Thanks for listening. kids, this is Jonathan Straten with another podcast from Tales from the Set. This would be episode two, and we have our guest, indie actor Michael Merchant. Hello, how's it going? <laughs> so, um, brought Michael up to ask him some questions about, you know, uh, being an actor and some of the sets and stuff he worked on, and he, you know, he's got a lot of knowledge in uh, other areas as well, and one of them we were talking about was uh, Star Wars toys, and he was telling me that, um, what you did, go ahead, tell me what you are telling me. Uh, for some reason, they're doing some six-inch of the, uh, the Black series. Um, they have a couple exclusives. But they released them to Walgreens out of all places. It's like, uh, you know, the board of directors is like, where should we release the the best figures that we can possibly release? Um, Walgreens. Yeah. George Lucas is like, I want your best, you know, uh, you know, marketing campaign. Uh, you know, like, all right, so first we'll attack the big guys, right. the Walgreens. <laughs> we'll get him in Walgreens and that'll be in every, you know, get him in every home in, in the world. Get your flu shot and get your Boba Fett action figure. Yeah, that's so funny. Walgreens. I don't even think I have a Walgreens close by here. But when I drive by one, I'll forever be like, huh, Walgreens. <laughs> yep. I might get my prescriptions filled there. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> CVS. Uh, um, you, uh, what would you call yourself? I guess a video game guru. You like, uh, you've always been into video games since I've known you, correct? Yeah. I mean, that was one of my first real jobs was assistant store manager for GameStop for four years so I kind of was really into games before that and always wanted to work for GameStop or Funko Land and uh, Funko Land went out of business so GameStop was the next best thing and started working there and just had to learn pretty much everything about them anyway so it was went hand in hand and but I'm a bigger fan of like role-playing games on PC and stuff like that. Yeah, we talked about, um, you know, kind of briefly about Zelda. Zelda's one of my favorite games. Yeah. Um, that's actually the reason I buy the NES systems. But um, let me ask you something about GameStop. You don't have to say anything if you don't want to. Okay. But, okay, so I can go in there and I'm like, I oh, mean, you know, here's a new game. Uh, let's say a Call of Duty game. Here's right. a new game. Brand new, it's sixty bucks. All right, let me look at their used one. It's fifty bucks, so it's ten bucks off the used. Okay, say I buy that. If you have a membership card, yeah, if it's you have only a five dollars. <laughs> yeah. So, and then say I'm gonna sell that same Call of Duty. They're like, we'll give you store credit or fifty cents. Yeah. <laughs> what is the deal with that? I yeah. mean, it's like. I mean, that was probably the most common asked question while I was there. Like what the hell are you trying to do? I mean, like <laughs> yeah. you're offering me something and then you're going to jack with the price like 70%, you know? Um, the way I always understood it is that for all the really bad games that they take in and, you know, give you a buck or two, 
sports. Um, they kind of have to make up the money that they're giving out to get every piece of crap that comes yeah. out that, you know, the games like Call of Duty where they can turn around and sell it for 50 bucks. That's kind of like their way to make the money back. Um, I mean, if you go pretty much into any game stop in the back room, if you were allowed in, there's going to be like 200 NBA 2K7s still sitting there not being sold. So, I mean, mm. at the time they offered anywhere between like $20 and probably now they offered 25 cents, but they still take everything. So I think it's the way that they make up their money for that. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, when I went and uh, I traded in some games, I think, um, that I hadn't played for a while, there was one, it was a, I think, Marvel Alliance 2 for Xbox. I brought mm. it in. They gave me more money for it than yeah. I paid. And yeah. they said that uh, this this game's really hot right now. I was like, really? Jeez. Yeah. It was actually pretty rare, too. Um, yeah. Uh, a couple people, I mean, a lot of people bought it when it first came out and it really started picking up steam when, uh, like Marvel heroes came out for PC. It's a free to play game. And a lot of people wanted similar games to that, but on the console. And I think that kind of helped it out. I know Marvel ultimate Alliance one, the gold edition with like the downloadable characters already on the disc is really expensive. Um, because, uh, Xbox and PlayStation took those downloadable characters off the store. So you can't play as them unless you have that particular disc. Yeah. So what, um, what do you have? What's your game system that you have? Uh, 360 PS3, Wii, Wii U, pretty much everything but the the newest, like the yeah. Xbox One and uh, PS4. Which do you like better of the Xbox and PS3? Um, for a while there, I was definitely leaning more towards the 360. Yeah. Um, but as time went by, uh, PS4 kind of took the or, yeah PS3 t- kind of took the lead on that. Yeah. Um. They seem to be releasing more of the games that I was into, um, where 360 was releasing like Halo 15. (laughs) It's all the same stuff, and uh, it just seemed like the more like niche Japanese RPGs stuff like that would come over to PS3 and not the 360. So, um, but like on multi-platform games where there's one on each, I usually get it on the 360. Um, But yeah, I mean it's kind of a toss-up. What system are you going to get of the new ones? Have you decided? Uh, PlayStation 4. PlayStation 4. Yeah, it's only because of Kingdom Hearts. Uh, uh, I think... I'm not sure if this is true, but um, I think they were talking about releasing it on the Xbox One as well. Yeah. Um, but probably if that happened, I'd still get it on the PlayStation 4 because that's where the rest of the series has been the whole time. Sony, so... Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't really think of anything on the Xbox One that is exclusive to that that made me want to jump out and buy it where i know kingdom hearts uh, 3 is going to be good so yeah i'll get the playstation 4 first and then xbox one later on cool but yeah i mean actually the wii u has more (laughs) games that i would be interested in playing than oh really either one yeah oh that's cool um like i just recently got hyrule warriors which is like dynasty warriors mixed with zelda oh that's cool so it's a lot more action based instead of puzzle solving and stuff yeah um and there's no annoying dungeons like the water dungeon that everybody hates so <laughs> it's uh i mean it's cool you get to play as ganon and all the other minor characters in the game um throughout the twilight princess and um ocarina of time 
and Skyward Sword. I think they have characters from each three of those games, oh, that's and then cool. they put them all together so you can play them all. And they released the, um, what was it, the uh, Wind Waker for... Um, yeah, the Wii U, the remake, yeah. um, HD. That was actually really good. Um, that's my favorite. Yeah. And that was the one I was worried most about, it not being good or you know because they at that point they changed the graphics so much and the look of it yeah when they first showed a preview everyone's like what that's not Zelda. it looks like a disney like cell animation but right turned out to be my favorite story wise and graphic wise yeah this is really good um in the hd version like everything looks amazing yeah like it's really good um yeah i'll have to get it yeah the uh like, I don't mind the graphic style on that, on uh, even the original one when it released. I didn't yeah. mind it. I thought it was really good. Um, but, I don't know. I can't really see it getting too realistic yeah. because some of the characters are just out there, you know. Yeah. Um, so, it kind of makes it seem more real in a way. Like, it's that yeah. cartoon-based. Yeah, I liked not. it very much like that. I thought it was cool. Yeah. And then... Um, you know, Skyward Sword, it took me a while to get into. Yeah, the graphics like watercolor. Kind of, yeah, it was looking. just kind of, uh, you know, it just, I, I don't know, it took me a while to get into. There are things I liked about it a lot. And I love Zelda, so yeah. I don't really not like any Zelda game. But So you're playing Destiny now, though, right? Yeah, and I just picked that cool. up not yeah. too long ago. Yeah. Um, the uh, There's some good things and some really bad things about it. Um, I like the loot system in a way. I mean, you know, in games like Borderlands 2, you have tons of loot, like, popping up everywhere. Diablo 3, which, I mean, that's completely different than Destiny or Borderlands, but I like having a bunch of items pop up. Um, and this is a game that's like that, but the items come up, you know, very rare. Um, so it kind of adds more life to it. I mean, you're not swamped with all this gear that you're looking through trying to find which one's the best it's kind of like slim pickings and you just go with it um but i mean i've only played it for a couple days so i'm not too sure how like the end game content is but it's pretty fun so far yeah i've heard uh, a lot of people talking about it and i've been wanting to play it but the you know just with the film stuff and editing i don't have time to do that and i try and avoid any temptations you know yeah <laughs> it's like driving past a bar when you know, right. i don't want a beer eh, i'll take a different route home yeah um but so yeah no that's cool we've always talked video games anytime we've hung out so well let's yeah let's talk a little bit about uh you know why you're here you know um being an actor and whatnot so i guess we could talk about how we met how did we I don't remember exactly how you came in contact with my movie. You were in Big Fish in Middlesex. Makes me feel really important. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I remember yeah. you were in it, but I yeah. remember, I think Freddie, my executive yeah. producer, was handling that side of it. So I remember you showed up, you were like 14, and, yeah. and you're like, I want to be an actor. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, my grandma actually saw in the newspaper a casting call for it, and uh, she's like, Michael, you should go out there and try, you know, just do your best. <laughs> so I go up there with my mother, and uh, the office was on top of a Domino's, which, you know, really made me feel great, you know. <laughs> um, 
I'm in Hampton Roads and oh, Freddie, <laughs> Freddie's production office, yeah, like that, yeah. yeah. It was um, like on the outside on Jefferson Avenue, um, on top of a Domino's building. So I went in there and he pretty much just was like, uh, okay, yeah, you have part. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, and so it's good to know he's yeah. just handing out parts. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, you, you kind of look like Jonathan in a way, so you can be his brother. And I was like, all right, whatever. So uh, yeah, that's how that started. There was a, there a funny story about Big Fish in Middlesex is I had a really hard time casting the lead, mm-hmm. right? When I wrote it and um, originally it, it, I envisioned myself because the script is personal, you know, script. So it was, you know, loosely based off me. But then I wanted to play a smaller part or something different. And, um, uh, and my friend Gene, who the part uh, Trevor Kennedy was based off, he backed out at the last minute. So that was another reason I took that part. And I know him better than anyone else. So I know I could play that part. But so for Leap, the main character, I remember I this guy I went to high school with, I thought would be great for it. And I hadn't seen him in years. So I went to, you know, talk to him about it and he had changed dramatically <laughs> from what I remembered. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I don't picture him in this role anymore. And then um so so Freddie was looking and yeah. I was I was actually this was when I was in film school, I was in California and he was uh sending me tapes and stuff. And some of the auditions were just just awful. And I don't, I think there was just people that Freddie was finding off the street. They weren't necessarily <laughs> actors, yeah. so I'm not really insulting anybody. But there was this one guy in particular who's like, I think this guy is good. He's got that kind of, you know, all-American look, you know. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And he... And he um, Trey Harrison? No. <laughs> he sends me the video, okay? Yeah. And this guy looks kind of like Prince, the musician. Okay. And I was like, this guy does not look like what I'm picturing. And not only that, he he acted kind of, uh, I mean, gay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Freddie, is he, is he gay? He's like, no, I don't think so. I was like, I think he's gay. I mean... He, he's just got a lot of gay mannerisms and stuff. And this guy that's about him being upset that his girlfriend's leaving him to go to college yeah. and he's being insecure. I just didn't see it working, you know? And, um, so I met with him and I was like, I oh, don't know, this guy's gay. And that, that wasn't a problem. If I was making a movie about a, a gay guy, then he probably would have been my guy. But, just it was just kind of obvious, you know. And then Freddie kept pushing, and I think he was tired of um because he actually had been uh, doing a lot of auditions and work for it. So, um, so I wound up. I was like, Nah, I don't want to go with him. And then I remember I thought of one of my sister's friends when I was driving past um the exit. He on ninety five. He lived off in Stafford. And I thought about him and. I was like, yeah, he'd actually be perfect. And that's when I, you know, called him and, you know, accepted the part. But years later, Freddie was like, hey, remember that guy I was trying to push? You know, the guy look, you said looked like Prince. I was like, yeah. I was like, I found out he um, he came out of the closet that he was gay. <laughs> I was like, I see, I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, so Freddie was like, yeah, you got it. You want to go to Domino's? <laughs> Let's yeah. go downstairs. <laughs> Let's go downstairs. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, you came on 
uh, that was a crazy time because the cast and crew, um, we all were sleeping in like a trailer, um, and it was right around Hurricane Isabel. So the storm had hit and also we had no power and, um, for a couple of weeks. So it was really tough shoot. What do you remember about it being so young? You were 14, right? Um, were you younger? Anywhere between 14 and 16. I know I would like, I just started high school, I think. I think it was freshman year. Oh, okay. So it's probably like 15 yeah. um, or 16. But anyway, the, um, I mean, the, the, probably the uh, most fond memory I had was staying there and watching Scarface for the first time. <laughs> and, and then uh, being shown some of the scenes of like footage that you guys had shot already for Big Fish and, uh, yeah. Uh, it was like the titty squirting scene of the uh, milk like yeah. when they were high. So, did you uh, see that on the TV in the living room when I yeah. was watching footage? Yeah. Yeah. See, we had no power, but I had one of those um, converters that plug into the cigarette lighter, and this was 2003, so those were like unheard of and they were very expensive. So I had my Jeep running and I had an extension cord going into the window to the TV and the <laughs> camera deck, and just so because at the end of the day we would watch the footage. So. Yeah. So fourteen, damn! I don't sound very responsible showing you, <laughs> showing you that kind of stuff. Yeah. And your mom's a cop too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, he better be in good hands. <laughs> don't worry, I won't do any. I showed you Scarface yeah. and uh, titties, yep. Yep. <laughs> and I know we were all like, you know, just cussing the storm and smoking and shit, but uh, cigarettes. That is, yeah. um, it was fun though. Yeah, I had a good time. Yeah, Out in the middle cool. of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. But. It was it was fun. So your mom's a cop. That's weird. So no weird stories growing up. I know I've asked you before, but... um, I mean, not really. She doesn't really talk about work very often. Um, Does she ever treat you like a suspect? Like if she thinks you're lying? <laughs> no. Nah. like, are you willing to take a polygraph? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes she would do like the, the holds, like wrap your arm behind your back and like... You know, if we would ever get into like an argument or something, she'd like pin me down, and, like shut up, put her yeah. knee on your back, yeah, like, <laughs> spray mace in your face. Yeah. I need backup in my house in the living room. My son, <laughs> he won't take all the garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah, but no really like weird stories or anything. Um, yeah, I mean, one time I stumbled on to like a crime scene photo. Like, yeah. Uh, like scrolling through a digital camera and it was like um a gunshot to the face type Ooh. thing so i yeah. i learned to stay away from you know looking at her stuff but yeah so she's seen some pretty horrible oh, yeah. stuff she's yeah. a detective for a while and yeah now she's like um like a leader and one of the higher up people at the like um i forget sergeant i think is her rank now yeah. so she doesn't really do too much work outside she kind of just runs everybody else yeah so she directs traffic yeah. basically yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> so does she ever is there ever like you know is she up late drinking you know whiskey in the living room thinking about that one case that she couldn't <laughs> solve 
<laughs> Did he's away at her? No. Okay. No, she likes to sleep a lot. So <laughs> that's usually what she. Uh, so she gets home like, yeah, it's all eighteen dead bodies, but I'm home. I don't like to bring my <laughs> my Time work to take home. A nap, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Time to open Christmas presents. <laughs> Uh, Be thankful that you're alive, Michael. <laughs> I've seen some horrible shit. Oh, uh, that's cool. Um, yeah. You never worried that like one of the guys she put away was getting out of jail. <laughs> He's gonna no. seek revenge. No. <laughs> Growing up in Pocosin, you don't really have a a fear of crime. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at least in violent crimes. I think we had maybe one murder and the. 20 plus years that I lived there. Well, and it was a cat. <laughs> yeah, it was like uh, some domestic dispute. So it was in between of like family members. So it wasn't yeah. even like a random crime. So, so it was built on love. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, sorry. Um, so yeah, we met on set and you played my brother, Alex. Mm-hmm. And um, then the next time I saw he was at the premiere. Yeah, and I remember it was like we ten sh- years later. <laughs> no, it was because sh- I shot it in two thousand three, and the premiere was in two thousand five. So it was about yeah. two years later. Yeah, and um, probably my fastest production ever. <laughs> probably. And then, um, so I remember you showed up because your hair was all long and you sprouted like <laughs> like eighteen inches. You were like super tall. Yeah. So it yeah. was crazy. But um, did you have a good time at the premiere? Yeah, it was fun. Um, I didn't know what to expect because I didn't get to read the full script. I only yeah. got to read my parts and just to see, you know, the stuff that you showed me while I was there and the stuff that I filmed. And then knowing that all my stuff was cut and, then <laughs> and being like, oh, I wasn't in it. No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, my mom and uh, my dad were there and uh, there was a scene where Leap is like, having sex with his girlfriend yeah and then it cuts to like me swinging the baseball bat and like hitting a home run <laughs> i'm just like okay that's cool my first sex scene not involved but that's art yeah. uh, my mom just turned to me and was like what was that about like, you point him out i'm arresting him right now yeah. So. Did your did your parents like the movie or they're like um good job michael uh, i mean my mom seemed to enjoy it yeah. um I think she said it was a little bit too long for her, yeah. but yeah, yeah, she has a short attention span. Yeah, and most people do. It was, it was a long movie and it's a drama, so um, I just won't invite her to any other premiere. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so your next movie for a while, you were doing your own little short videos with your friends and yeah, stuff. I'm yeah. MySpace and stuff. Yeah, I would post them every so often. I would shoot them on a. The mini VHS camcorder that I got for Christmas and would just shoot random stuff. I wrote a script uh, about vampire slayers and in the city of Pocosin. It was kind of like a government agency type thing. And we shot maybe like 10 to 15 minutes of it and then everybody went to college. So it was kind of, <laughs> well, I we can't finish it. So. Did, um, so when you did Big Fish and Middlesex, were you like hooked? Yeah. Like from there, I tr- try to like just fool around with you know camcorders like i got that um that recorder maybe like a year or two after shooting big fish and then um you know just trying to get as much 
as I can out of it. I started doing theater um, at school and did a couple plays and then went from there. And then you called me about two plates yeah, to just come up and do that. And at that time, I was doing dinner theater, I think, uh, like my first or second year in Williamsburg. So Yeah, and you'd um, come up with Jonathan Manning, who actually also uh, is from where you're from. He, yeah. And he played in, he was in Big Fish and Middlesex. And he played uh, Mr. Campbell. And then I remember for some reason I called you guys in a panic because two actors bailed on me. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know why I didn't think of you guys in the first place. Maybe because it was a small role and I didn't want to inconvenience to you guys coming all the way up to Richmond. But yeah, you guys came. And it, was, yeah. it was great. And then you were working with Jonathan Manning. At his, he's a director at Dinner Theater. Yeah, he did that for, I think, 14 or 15 years. Oh, wow. Um, and then they shut it down this year moved it up to Salem. So So you're not doing it anymore? No. Oh, that, wow. that cut out. Uh I did it for eight years and what what character did you play? Um well the like there were several different shows. I think we did maybe five different shows in eight years. Yeah. So I did um Professor Plum Pudding, which was the it, the show was based off a of clue, the board yeah. game and um or the movie, and then so I played Professor Plum in that, and then we did one based off of Ghostbusters, and played just a Ghostbuster and uh, husband on a cruise, and uh, news reporter, and um, a carnival clown was one of the last ones that was kind of fun. But when you guys were doing dinner theater, what's that like? Does that mean you guys are? Is it? Is it like you're also their waiters? Uh, there's a lot that do it that way, but ours wasn't that way because it, it was a buffet. We did it out of uh, Captain George's Seafood Buffet. Oh, and, okay. Um, so the audience would go and get their food, sit down for an hour, and we would mingle with them and uh, introduce ourselves as our characters. And then we would do like a 15-minute act, and then they would be able to go up and get more food, come back, and do a rinse and repeat like three acts. And then yeah. they'd try to solve who, who the murderer was and why and with what. Um, just like Clue. So. Yeah. Did you like doing that? Yeah. I mean, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I've met probably 5,000 people doing it over yeah. the years. And yeah, because this is in Williamsburg, so it's a huge yeah. like uh, tourist place. Yeah. Um, I mean, we would have audiences anywhere between, you know, I think 50 was the minimum that we would do a show for, and then up to 200, I think, is what the room can fit. Um it started slowing down a lot, you know, in the later years of yeah. its life. And, um, yeah, they just weren't the captain George's was doing more business by itself to make up for like the lost room or they weren't making enough to, um, warrant having the whole back banquet room taken up for the shows of like 50 to 60 people. So they were like, you know, we, you either need to pay us more money or we need to cut the show on Sunday Yeah, and they just weren't into it. So they moved it to yeah. hotels up in Salem, Massachusetts. So oh, that's cool. I mean, but you're, you know, you're a working actor and doing, yeah. did you, I, I'm sure you prefer doing film over theater. Yeah. I mean, I've always kind of liked film more, yeah. um, but it, you, you don't often get paid for it. You know, they'll pay you for gas or lodging or give you food, yeah. stuff like that, but nothing extra. Um, I mean, extra work will pay you, you know, a hundred dollars a day, but doing the dinner theater for two hours, you know, makes 75, 80 bucks Yeah, and it beats 12 hours working for doing extra work. So I always yeah. stuck with doing that for the money. 
and but I always had a really good time doing it and meeting the people and did you um, ever have any major fuck ups or anything? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. This uh, <laughs> okay, probably like one of the only times I can really remember. Like wow, you know that was awful. Um, this kid, he started coughing like in the middle of my line, and all of a sudden threw up all over the table, <laughs> and I was just like blank. What the what the hell is my line like? And it was me introducing my character to the rest of the characters in the on um, the building, like the audience, and so I was like, my name is. And he's just, my name is, you know, like going everywhere. And it's family seating, family style seating. So it's like strangers sitting next to the kid and they're all like moving out of the way. And uh, I was, by that time I had already talked to the people for an hour, you know, and this was just a line. And I was like, oh, you guys already know who I am anyway. So, and I just kept going through it. Um, But I just could not remember the character's name whatsoever. Damn. I was like, that's pretty awful. Did that you did you recover? Or? Yeah, I mean, we just kind of went. Everybody laughed because I was like, you you guys know who I am already. So yeah, obviously the kids throwing up and need to get help, <laughs> you know. So and then bus boys came out from Captain George's and just sprinkled powder on it and then left. <laughs> and it was like, oh god. Okay, just cool. Yeah. Let's sprinkle. Hey, just go out there, put some cinnamon yeah. on it. <laughs> Cover up the they smell. Were, and then refill the uh, the pork chops on the buffet. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was awful. But um, I know what you mean because I, when I did, a, I was fourteen and I did a play. I was um, every summer I was part of whatever you know, uh, different community theaters all over Virginia. Mm-hmm. You name it, I was part of. I was acting in, and the, actually for that poster I'm hanging up, it's the Dracula one. It was the Mount oh, yeah. Vernon uh, Children's Community Theater, and I was in that, and I played um, Arthur Homewood. We were doing Dracula. Uh, yeah, but it was based on the Spanish version where Arthur Homewood was more like the Jonathan uh, Harker, Harker character. So, and I remember um, I felt out of place when I was doing rehearsals because I had lived all the way in Fredericksburg or Stafford at the time, and everyone else knew each other. Mm-hmm. And so they were all buddies and stuff. So I was kind of the guy left out, you know. But so I, you know. But I took the play real serious, and I remember the director was always, you know, um, giving me, you know, kudos and compliments for always coming prepared and being ready, where all the other guys were sometimes goofing off because they were friends, they knew yeah. each other. So I remember the second, the second showing, and it was a big, big uh, production. I mean, I think there was like two hundred people, and I remember, I remember my exact line. Um, I was supposed to, well, I was supposed to say one line, but I, I went blank for some reason. When I came out, I just looked off and I went blank and mm-hmm. I jumped ahead like four lines and I said, what could have, what could have happened in those mountains? <laughs> and I remember the one actress, she was actually the one other actress who was kind of an outsider like me who would really practice and rehearse her lines. And she looked at me like, what the fuck? Oh, you just jumped a bunch of lines, you idiot. Yeah. And I remember, but she kind of recovered and saved my ass. So, um, and I was fourteen at the time. It's right when you're trying to be cool, and right. you know, you really, really start to like girls. And I remember there was this, I, there was this girl I liked, and uh, I think she was crushing on me, and you know, uh, but I didn't know it. And then she came up to me on the last showing, and she said, "Hey." Um, did you want to come hang out at my house? We're having a party. And I was kind of like, you know, shocked. I was like, Oh really? You know, cause, um, 
yeah, she's like, yeah, it'd be really cool if you come by. In the background, I hear my mom. She's coming backstage. Hey, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. <laughs> and then I look, and my mom bought this big stuffed animal of Dracula. And she's like waving it. Look, it's Dracula. She acted like it was biting me as I'm talking to this girl. I'm like, okay, cool. To, mom, get away. I'm just talking to this girl. She's like, um, the girl's like, well, yeah, maybe not. Never mind. <laughs> I was like, mom, you embarrassed me. Why'd you buy that dumbass big Dracula? She's like, what? I thought he was cute. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we, but, uh, <laughs> when I was doing, um, a high school play of Arsenic and Old Lace, there was a, a guy who skipped ahead, but not just like four lines. He skipped it like an entire act. <laughs> he like, said the end. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. I mean, we were all sitting in the back waiting for the cue lines to go in and we were like, wait a minute. This is like the final act and we were in the <laughs> second act and it was like, he's saying lines and like that aren't supposed to be there and. Um, I don't even remember how we recovered from that, but I think someone just kind of reverted back to saying like some of the older, the previous lines that were supposed to be said, and he kind of like picked it up, and he's like, "Oh shit!" You know, like, <laughs> but yeah, that was that's the one reason why I don't like theater is because yeah. it's always I feel so tense, you yeah, know, doing it. The dinner theater was kind of different because we would do like eighty shows in a summer and. You know, by the end of it, I was on autopilot and just kind of like not even really paying attention, you know, because yeah. you hear like of the crab cracking, you know, <laughs> yeah. like just people throwing shit everywhere and shrimp skin all over the ground. So you're like trying to avoid, you know, all the stuff that's everywhere. And yeah. people are like sitting as close as you and I are and are like, hey, who did it? You know, <laughs> Don't get the answer. <laughs> or they're like, that guy looks gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of crazy people that would come to those shows. Like, uh, we would get school groups and stuff, and this nurse was getting like back rubs from the students, right? Yeah. And so she's like, "Hey, plummy, you know, like I don't bite hard, you know, like why don't you come over here and give me a back rub?" I'm like, "Lady, these are twelve year olds giving you back rubs. Like, this is really awkward, but." And so you rubbed her back and then yeah. <laughs> took her home. Yeah. Um, so what was it that you, that made you want to be an actor? What, what was it that I think, um, uh, probably the biggest influence on it was when I was three or four years old, I broke my femur, um, falling off a slide. <laughs> and then ever since then, you know, it's just like, I want to be an actor. No, <laughs> like I fell off the slide and they took me to the hospital and, um, I was a big fan of wizard of Oz and they had a VHS tape of that. And it was like the only thing that they had there, which was fine with me. And they would bring in the TV and just play it in there. I had to watch it like 40 or 50 times the whole time I was there. And after that, I just was like, you know, I just always remembered that. And as I got older, I was like, you know, I want to be a part of something that, you know, other people will watch and it kind of make them forget about their troubles in life. So I, that was always kind of a part of it. Yeah. And then, um, you know, getting the parts in school and then your movies and stuff kind of like helps amplify, you know, yeah. yeah, help yeah. grow. Yeah, it was funny because, um, uh, you know, at first I w wanted to be an actor when I was younger. That's why I did so much theater. And I was pretty young. I think I was like six or seven at the time. And, um, you know, I used to pretend I was Indiana Jones or Han Solo and all James Bond, too. 
Um, but which th- James Bond? Uh, Sean Connery. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the 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 thing that definitely uh, I think first time I knew I I well I was I was really into a show my older sister was watching, and it was Johnny Depp from Twenty One Jump Street, mm-hmm. and I thought he was so cool, and I told my mom you know I wanted to be Johnny Depp uh, like a cop who goes back to high school you know, and she's like well he's an actor and yeah. I was like well that's what I want to be as an actor you know and I like Johnny Depp I don't really follow his movies but that him in Twenty One Jump Street that whole thing is definitely what inspired me so yeah. sometimes it's weird that's cool Wizard of Oz I had no idea yeah Ryan Gosling actually yeah <laughs> what's well, funny my dad always hated Wizard of Oz. He he said the funny, <laughs> he said when he was a kid the flying monkeys scared the shit out of him. Yeah, so, yeah. but um, yeah. So so then you did two plates. That was just a one day shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then what was your next project after that? Um, actually, probably night of something strange. Night of something yeah. strange. Yeah, I think it was well, mainly like just finishing school, going to college, doing the dinner theater. And then, you know, after school, then I was looking for movies and stuff to shoot on because I could never take off yeah. the school. I mean, I was a theater major at CNU. And if you miss like a day, 10% off your grade. So yeah. it's like you can't do anything but focus on that. And so eventually I just dropped it and I was like, I can't do this. And, you know, I'm I'm already making money doing acting. Yeah. And it's not like I, I didn't think I was not or like too good for this program. It was just that, you know... Maybe by doing the actual work in a professional setting, that'll learn the skills that I need to go on and then, you know, focus on something else that kind of like I can fall back on. So I went into communication studies, like uh, public relations, human resources, stuff like that. Yeah. So it was more focusing on let's use college as a fallback, basically. I think that's what a lot of people do now. Anyway. What's, um, yeah, I, it was actually funny because I remember after Big Fish and Metal Sex, um, you emailed me, I think, every week. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so you got any other movies? And I was like, no. You know, and at the time I was, I can't remember, I was doing Big Fish, produced uh, Lights, Camera, Dead, and then went on to Two Plates. But it never, like, you always stuck in my head because <laughs> you constantly, like, never gave up. Like, uh, I think you reminded uh, me a lot of myself when I was, like, younger, wanting to be an actor and that passion, you know. I still do this. Yeah, I know you still do. You <laughs> <laughs> text me. Hey, so. <laughs> we just wrapped Night of Something Strange. When's your next When's one? When's the next one? But that's cool. That's yeah. good, you know. Um, you're persistent, and I think that's important. So so you did Night of Something Strange. That was really cool seeing you because I was like, God, I haven't seen, you know, I saw this guy when he was a kid, you know, yeah. my first movie. So uh, it was really cool to work again with you. And then after Night of Something Strange, you, you, I mean, kind of your career just, you, you'd start acting in tons of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so what did you do after Night of Something Strange? You did extra work. Uh, yeah, I picked up extra work for John Adams and um, uh, To Have and To Hold. It was both local stuff that they were filming. Is To Have and Hold out yet? I don't think so. I think yeah. they... I actually have no idea what what's going on with it, but it was supposed to come out Valentine's Day of last year is the last thing I heard, but it yeah. didn't come out. So I don't know if they're going straight to DVD with it or what, but 
and then John Adams. You told me a story about that. Did, like you waited all day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I did the episode of uh, The Boston Massacre. And you this can is see on me, HBO. Right? Yeah, on yeah, the okay. HBO, John Adams. And you can see me for like a split second run past Paul Giamatti. So yeah. I was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> split second. You yeah. Know, whatever. And um, so everybody was in the holding area. And they were like, okay, you know, the majority of everybody's wrapped for the night. You can go home. We're going to come by. And if we choose you, we have an extra scene that you want to do where, you know, you'll be featured. And so they like tapped on me and, uh, you know, like three or four other people. And I was like, awesome. You know, the day would have paid off. Yeah. So um, they put us in this tent outside. It's freezing cold, like, you know, 20 degrees and fake snow everywhere and just a pain to be out there because you're wearing authentic clogs like wooden shoes <laughs> you know you have no support and you're just sitting there and uh so we're standing up in this tent and they have a space heater that's you know the size of this microphone <laughs> you know like everybody's huddled up against it like shivering and stuff and uh um and then we can see paul giamatti riding his horse back and forth through this this um like the fake alleyway that they made yeah and you know so we were just really excited you know this is gonna be awesome and then they come in like an hour or two hours later and we're like actually paul's really kind of tired right now so uh we're just gonna call it for a night thank you for your help <laughs> we just we just all looked at each other and it was like fuck you know like really like, well, we got to see him ride a horse at least. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And then so, and after that, what did you do? Um, I think that's when She Kills came along. You did She Kills yeah. up in New York. That's uh, Ron Bonk's film um, that I produced. And then after that, what what did you do? Um, Science Team came up. Science after Team. After that. Yeah. I thought you went to Pennsylvania to do a movie. That was after Science oh, Team, okay. I think. And Science Team. Tell us a little bit about that, because that's in the festival circuit right now, right? Yeah. Um, Science Team is uh, directed by Drew Bolduc. Um, he directed The Taint, um, and he's local Richmond uh, yeah. director. Um, and The Taint got picked up by Troma, and I heard about The Taint through Ron, because it was at... Uh, the B-Movie Film Festival, and it won Best Director, I think. Yeah. And um, got a few other nominations, like Best Actor, which uh, Drew played the lead in, in that as well. Um, so I got interested, and I was like, well, since he's in Richmond, maybe you know he's doing something soon that I could be a part of. And it turned out that he was doing Science Team and starting like the fundraising process for that. So you know, I auditioned and got a part of um, a police officer, which is um, like one of the first deaths, or if not the first death in the movie that you see is the death of me. Yeah. So that was really cool. And uh, it's pretty gory. And, you know, the Josh Potter, who played the second police officer, uh, you know, he improved like the whole thing, which was really fun. You know, just hearing the different shit that he was oh, saying, cool. you know, come out. And uh, Vito uh, Trigo was uh, really great to work with, too. He's really funny. And... Um, yeah, it was just a really cool set to be on. Um, very professional, and like the the finished product came out really well. Yeah, and um, that's out on VHS only right now. Okay. Um, and while they go through the festivals, because they didn't want, I guess, pirating to happen, so right. they did a really limited release of VHS only. And, uh, and 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 also as a side thing, you have a VHS company. 
Yeah, um, Night Force video. Yeah. Uh, we do very seldom like a release of something that we're interested in. We did a release of The Taint because we really like that. Um, then Seventh Day, uh, which was directed by uh, Jason Kosh, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, Sorry, uh, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he directed that, and he also did the special effects for Science Team, and he does special effects for a lot of stuff like uh, VHS 2. He had a segment where he did the effects on that. Um, and he's going to be in ABCs of Death 1.5 because his short made it in to oh, that section. Cool. Yeah. So... Uh, and he's up in Baltimore, so he's kind of close. Oh, cool! Um, and he's filming Pigpen right now. I don't. I'm not a part of that, but it looks really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't know where I was going with that. But <laughs> yeah, so we're ta- yeah, we're talking about science team. Yeah, and- I mean, it was just basically a really good set to work on. A lot of cool people and made a lot of connections and stuff. And yeah. Um, one of the, my favorite parts about it though was uh, that I got to use my grandfather's like police badge uh his little name tag so they actually changed the name from cop one and cop two to whitlow and uh, so you know it got to be a a little bit more important because it wasn't just cop one and cop two so that was fun um and it's just funny like because you know um my last name's merchant so i had no connection to whitlow but uh they thought it was funny because it's like you're not as smart because your wit's low. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's like dumb cop. And uh, so, you know, I'm screaming about getting so much pussy and I was so hot and everything. And it's like, I'm playing my grandfather kind of thing. <laughs> like, uh, it was just, it was interesting to be. And then um, having my grandfather come up and see it, you yeah. know, at the, the premiere. And he was like, well, it wasn't my kind of movie, but it was, it was okay. And I was like, yeah. all right, you know. Um. So then, after Science Team, what was your uh, what was your next project? I worked with uh, Mark Polonia on his newest film um, up in Pennsylvania. What was the name of it? Book of the Dead, I think, is what the working title was. Yeah. Um, but they're changing it to something I don't even know what it is yet. So oh, okay. um, it's been kind of hush hush about everything that's going on and I don't really know where it's going, but I was the lead character in that. And I think they're saying somewhere around November of this year, it'll come out, but I don't know what it's coming out on. So well, how was that? What was that set? Like the quickest movie <laughs> set ever. I think, uh, we filmed the whole movie in less than a week. Wow. You know, got up there and I think we actually did three days of filming and that was it. The other days they had already done stuff. So yeah. I count that as like the week, but, um, I was only there for like three days wow. <laughs> and filmed the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, it was fast. You know, he, uh, he works really efficient. He's like, hey, good enough. And let's go, you know, I yeah. don't have much time. So, uh, time's a ticket. <laughs> yeah. So, and I loved everybody up there and it was, uh, an interesting set. Mark's really good guy. And I like him a lot and, would love to work with him again. Um, I know his son's doing uh, Zilla Foot for Ron. Yeah. And I was going to be a part of that, but um, I got a new job in Chesapeake, so, so yeah. it's like couldn't make it. But um, Sucks. Yeah, but uh, he, I like his stuff. It's pretty funny. Yeah. And then you came up and you were, is that when you were in the high eight uh, segment after Oh, that? well, I guess I did. I might have did High Eight first, and then right oh, after okay. that did yeah. um, Mark Polonia's movie. But yeah, High Eight was around that time. Yeah, 
And then did you do anything else after that? Or I was going to do um, one of the zombie shorts for his contest, but yeah. I think he wants me in the wraparound, so I yeah. can be in oh, the that's shorts. Right. Yeah, Empire so, of the Dead. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you have any other projects lined up? or? Um, I've talked with a few people about doing some stuff. I... Um, I think they're filming a Megafoot promo um, up in Niagara Falls. And they had asked me to come up on the 17th, but I'm still trying to work it out with work to see if I can get get off to be involved with that because that looks like an awesome project. And uh, um, I was... Um, there's a director, Jonathan Moody, who lives in Williamsburg um, or around that area who does a lot of stuff. And he had a um, project about... um, um, Friday the 13th, it was called Crystal Lake, uh, the web series. Yeah. Um, and I was cast as one of the FBI agents and, uh, they got a cease and desist. So that's not going anywhere. Oh, and, wow. Uh, they, uh, they basically took the same cast and they're making another web series based on just like urban legends. Mm. Um, so I was doing that. He sounds familiar maybe cause we both have the same first name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I think, uh, he had one other project, Dracula's War, that I was um, playing one of the Harkers. It's like a, a present day telling of um, kind of the same story as Bram Stoker's, but um, it's just after the fact. And so they, there's more Harkers and more Van Helsing's involved. Um, and I was just like the third cousin, you yeah. know, <laughs> not really related to Jonathan Harker, but kind of sort of because we share the last name. So um, one of those characters. And, but yeah, that's about it. Um, so what would you say was probably one of your uh, favorite sets to work on? Uh, it's definitely a toss-up between Nos and She Kills. Yeah. Um, I, there's just so many like different things about each one that were really fun. Um <laughs> I would have to say probably the best one though was uh, she kills, just because I think Nos was like too long. Yeah. Not that it didn't require it, but like just driving back and staying yeah. at the Redwood. It and was like, a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. So just because uh, she kills was kind of like in a week or two, yeah. it made it a lot more manageable. Yeah. Ron shoots quick. Yeah. He's like. You get there and, you know... Uh, here's your water bottle. Here's your bed. Let's <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Here's your cell. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So. And then uh, it'd be like 9.30. It's like, all right, yeah, guys, why don't we hit the sack? Yeah. And all, everyone's like night owls. No, <laughs> we were going to stay up and talk. Uh, no, you're not. Yeah. Lights are going out at 10. <laughs> and I'm turning off the electricity. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'd go to get a beer. It'd be like 9.30. All right, guys, I'm thinking maybe I'm feeling good about tomorrow. So I think maybe we should get up around four or five in the morning. <laughs> and we're all like putting yeah. the beers back. Oh, okay. We're not going to drink tonight. Yeah. And I think if we shoot straight for 48 hours, we might um, Come on get time. over it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, he's very, uh, you know, um, fast and efficient. He, he definitely is, uh, you know. Unlike you, slow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm laid back. I like to have fun with it. I am OCD too. I like. I have to do a million takes yeah. to get that movie magic. So yeah, and I, I mean, it's not anything to be 
upset about especially as like an actor at least you know how you have oh he has a million takes to work with you yeah. know at least something's got to be good out of that hopefully yeah so it kind of you know i have i guess i feel better that my performance in uh, night of something strange is going to be a little bit more solid just because there's a lot more takes takes and stuff, and stuff. Yeah. so even if i was off a little bit on one you know you might have it on another where she kills is like max two or three takes and then yeah i hope you got it so um, yeah, I mean, Night is Something Strange. I mean, I had the most footage of all my movies combined. I think I had a yeah. total of like 83 years of footage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a lot. Um, what was the probably one of, do you have any favorite moments maybe on a set or days that you remember? I think the, the thing that most sticks out about Night of Something Strange is probably... Uh, the night Nicola got thrown into the wall. Oh, we're going to stop right there. Tune in next week for part two of our Tales from the Set podcast with indie actor Michael Merchant. to my movie pick uh, of the week review. Um, I thought I would just go ahead and quickly review uh, Edge of Tomorrow um, because I've talked about it in uh, past podcasts and I hadn't done, you know, kind of my formal review. It's been out for uh, for a little bit now, but I, I saw the movie, loved it. I bought it. Um, Basically, for those of you who don't know, it's about uh, Tom Cruise plays a, um, a kind of like a, a major. Uh, he does PR for the for the military, and there's currently this huge war against an alien race that um, that we're losing, and basically um, he is asked to go to the front lines to uh, basically get footage and whatnot. But he doesn't want to because basically his character is kind of a coward or he's not, he, he doesn't want to, um, you know, first he wants to get out of it because he's, he's, he's not trained in combat. But then when they kind of order him to do that, he tries to blackmail um, a higher up and uh, he kind of gets you know, drafted or kind of thrown into, um, into the battle. So, um, and he basically, they, they're battling this alien race and he gets killed within minutes and, uh, the blood from the, this alien called a mimic gets on, on him and it causes him to relive each day over and over and over and in that time, he starts to kind of train each day and learn, you know, uh, the skills it takes to defeat this alien race. Um, so it's really cool. It's kind of like, you know, um, kind of like that Groundhog Day where he kept, you know, reliving the day and he, you know, Bill Murray knew when somebody, something was going to happen and, and he became kind of the town hero. Um, but this film was really, really good. I, I, I like Tom Cruise. Um, 
and he did Oblivion, which I thought was pretty good. Um, but the, this movie, I think, blows Oblivion away. Um, I, I and Tom Tom Cruise's acting in it is great. He plays almost two completely different characters. In the beginning, he's you know he's just in the military for uh, to do PR like press and uh, media coverage. And you see him kind of, he kind of, he tries to blackmail his way out of uh, going to, to war, you know, which is, you know, showing that he, he's kind of a coward. And then in his first battle, or a couple battles, it shows how inexperienced he is. He doesn't even know how to shoot a gun. He's nervous. He's trying to um, do anything he can to, to avoid this battle. But then by the end of the movie, he's this, you know, badass fighting machine. So it's really cool to see him play both parts, you know, um, to see him progress from kind of this, this, uh, wuss to, um, badass. And, uh, you know, I was concerned, you know, because it, it, you know, had had, I, I buy movies if I think that I can, you know, they have like a rewatchability about them. And this one definitely does. You know, I was worried, you know, with constantly repeating each day, would there be enough new stuff to constantly keep me interested on multiple viewings? And it definitely does. It's got great dialogue, great shots, great special effects, great editing, great moments. Um, it's a great movie, and you should definitely check it out. It's directed by Doug Lyman, who basically famous for um, launching Vince Vaughn's uh, career. Um, in Swingers, he directed that. He did uh, Mr. And Mrs. Smith, um, which was good, and Jumper, and he did the Firstborn Identity. Now, I've, I like Doug Lyman, his films. I, you know, I thought they were good, but there, there were little things I didn't like about each film. Um, it'd be missing something, or you know, something just didn't, um, I guess, fulfill my needs as a viewer. And um, but Edge of Tomorrow is definitely his best film by far. Great film. Check it out. Um, and that's that's my movie review. Thanks. Bye.